The Peculiar People Podcast is brought to you as always by Woody'sClothing.com. Ladies, fellas, this is the website to get your custom tailored fitted shirts and some great looking chinos for your man. Go to Woody'sClothing.com today and enter the code Peculiar People at checkout to get 20% off your next order, and you will not be disappointed. That's Peculiar People at checkout. Enter the code to get 20% off your next order. What's up? What's up? Welcome back. Another episode of the Peculiar People Podcast. I'm Nate Jones. I'll be your host today. Today on the show, we have Ty Brown, the dog guy who stops by to tell us all of his best stories in a life of training dogs from everyone to celebrities, to crime bosses, to you yourselves, the people in your in his community. Um, it's a fantastic story and we're really excited to get to it. But first, peculiar shout out time. And I'm excited about this peculiar shout out. This person wrote in to us. Uh, his name is Landon Ball, at Lando Ball on Instagram. A young man from the Valley, that's West Hills, California. Um, people may not know where that is, but they will know Calabasas, where I went to school, he says. I work in real estate in Newport Beach. And what makes me peculiar is I'm the only guy out of five sisters. So they'd always say I'd either be gay or the best husband. And I'm not gay, so ladies, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> he says he has a love for dance parties that comes from his dad, who was in Footloose. And uh, he played hockey for 20 plus years in uh, Maine, junior hockey in Maine when he was 18. So very peculiar guy. He says, love the show, um, listen to every episode, and uh, excited to see what is next. So thank you, everyone. Go follow him at Lando Ball great looking guy so all you single ladies out there check them out and uh we thanks for the ride in there landon before we get into the episode today uh, a friend of mine texted me earlier this week this is a new york friend of mine and they were catching up on an episode of our podcast that we did with rosie card who started cunor temple dress and they basically said uh nate i am listening to the rosie episode and I just had like a, an amazing moment of inspiration. Her story is so incredible. And I'm sitting here embarrassed because I'm crying on the subway. And I did, I was so thrilled because that's the most rewarding thing that you could get from doing this. And, you know, I, I let Rosie know about it as well. And uh, essentially, it just gave us an idea. Every weekend, we're going to repost one of our older episodes with the hashtag sounds for Saturday. Uh, a chance for those of you who haven't listened to every episode to go back and we will uh, give you a suggestion for one every week to listen up on and tell you kind of what we got from it and what was so inspiring about that person. Last Saturday, we started with Chelsea Hightower, which was our first episode. And of course, she's the best friend of the show. She's a friend of all of ours that work on this show. And she's such a cool, cool person um, with an incredible story. And you'll definitely get a lot out of that one. So go check them out and look for that hashtag on our Instagram every weekend. So without further ado, enjoy Ty the Dog Guy. Peculiar people is a compliment of the highest order. I don't know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Going. Hey everyone, welcome into another episode of the Peculiar People Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Jones. With me co-hosting, we have our business and tech editor, Drew Allen. What's up, guys? 
Uh, and we have an exciting episode for you today. And for those of you animal lovers out there, you're, you're going to really like this one. We have Ty the dog guy with us. Ty Brown, what makes you a peculiar person? Good question. On the surface, not much, but I guess, you know, I've, uh, uh, I've been able to, I've been a dog trainer since I was a kid and dog training has led me to have adventures all over the world, which, you know, a lot of people want to be dog trainers. So I guess that makes me peculiar because very few people are and it's given me a lot of neat adventures and, and neat experiences that I've been able to, to have with a lot of folks. Obviously, um, we don't know each other, but, uh, when I got a message about you, and then sort of did some digging. The first thought that comes to my head is that guy that was on uh, Animal Planet or Discovery Channel, the guy that goes... Oh, Caesar Milan? Caesar, yeah. yeah, Caesar Milan. <laughs> so I'm imagining in my head, like, Caesar Milan. Uh, I don't know if you have a trademarked, you know, hush of a dog that you use. <laughs> a trademark, like, word that's not even a word? Yes. No. He's, so he's called the dog whisperer, and I get that all the time. They're like, oh, are you a dog whisperer? And I'm like... No, I shout at the top of my lungs all day long. That's all I do. And they're like, that sounds weird. Well, you know, if we're talking too loud, you can... <laughs> gotcha. And we... <laughs> if we interrupt you too much, I'm to known to interrupt. touch at the same time. That's part of it. I gotta <laughs> you can give push a me. jab. Whatever you want to do. Um, we, we started chatting a little bit, but uh, you're, you're based in the Utah area, mm-hmm. Salt Lake City. Yep. But that's not where you're from. You started uh, in California, right? Yeah, I grew up in California in the Bay Area uh, until I was about 13, San Jose. And then we moved to a little town called Tracy when I was 13. Cool. And uh, you a dog family or? No, my family hates dogs. Other than me. Your family hates dogs. I wouldn't say hates. My mom is terrified of them. My dad, like, tolerates them but, like, doesn't want them because my, my parents are wonderful. But they're very, very, very clean. And so, mm-hmm. like, you know, dogs carry dirt on their fur and stuff like that so so yeah they're very against dogs they uh um they begged me not to be a dog trainer they've since apologized but um great people just didn't didn't like dogs so is it one of those things we it's always interesting to hear when a guest comes on that's doing something really interesting whether it was by happenstance that they kind of get into it you know a series of life decisions or consequences that kind of led them into it or whether it was like since I was five, I wanted to be a dog trainer. Like, what was it for you? Was this always just a love of pets? or It was, yeah. When I was, like, when I, I don't have memories as a kid, which, I don't know. I have no idea Wait, why. at I all? I don't know. Like, <laughs> at family gatherings, my sister's always like, oh, remember this, remember this? I'm like, no, I don't remember any of these things. You could say anything right now and I'd have to believe you. Um, so I don't, like, have a lot of memories. So when I look back, um, every picture when I was a little kid, like three, four, five, six, seven, eight years old, I'm always with an animal somehow, which was crazy because, you know, we didn't have animals. Um, and so I was always with an animal, always loved them. Um, and my parents were very encouraging. So when I was like 11, 12 years old, you know, I was kind of, I loved animals and I was always wanting to be enterprising. So that, you know, I would, I would go to the pet store and ask for job applications and I would go to the vet's office and, you know, try to work for them and try to volunteer at the shelter. And everyone always turned me, turned me down. You know, my parents were just, you know, very encouraging, like, Hey, keep trying, keep going after it. And um, and so finally, when I was, like I said, when I was 13, we moved to this little town, um, we got an acre, um, and my parents finally said, okay, you can have a dog, uh, has to be outside, but yeah, we've, we've got space for now and now you can have a dog. So I got the dog when I was 14 and then just opened up the yellow pages and started calling dog trainers and saying, Hey, can I work for you? Um, and one of them, well, there probably was only two or three cause this was, you know, 20 something years ago. Um, one of them was like, sure, you know, cause that's how he had got his, gotten started. 
he was like 16 and begged a dog trainer for a job. And so he's like, sure, let me pass it on. So, so that's how I got started in training. And it was, yeah, something I always, I think I always just wanted to do and haven't been good at anything else. <laughs> so how, how did you kind of discover that though if your family didn't allow pets i don't know like were you just like creeping on the neighbor's yard like yeah <laughs> yeah sneaking into yards and playing with dogs and cats and you know if we'd go to the zoo or the petting zoo like that was in every book <clears throat> every book that i'd get from the library like that was just my thing you know just animals animals in general but you know it morphed into like dogs yeah you know dogs are my thing that's awesome yeah. so when did it kind of become from I love pets. I'm working in it too. I see a career path this way or that way. I mean, did you go to did you go to school for something that else, or did you did you go to college? Like, what did you do? I've dropped out of a few colleges. <laughs> so, yeah, I went to BYU for a solid semester. Well, there's a good good reason to drop out. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't mind BYU. Like, I know well, everyone... how many entrepreneurs do you know that dropped out of college? A yeah, exactly. I did start a second semester at BYU, but not it was that just... we're recommending it. Why not? You should. All right. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'd like, I just didn't like the college experience. So I, BYU was fine. But I did a semester there. I did like a little bit at uh, University of Phoenix. That was okay because you did it online, but it's so mm-hmm. expensive. And then I did, uh, when I knew I was done, was uh, I did, uh, I was married at this point. I went to UVU. Yeah, UVU. Um, for a, a summer semester, one and a half credits of uh, Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, Microsoft PowerPoint. Perfect. So one and a half credits. And my wife, she likes to still make fun of me because I, I just complained and whined about like everything. Like, no, I hate this. This is too much. And she's like, it's a credit and a half. What is your problem? And like, I just realized this, is, this isn't happening. You know, college isn't happening for me. So. Well, hopefully, you know, you got that real solid business base down of... PowerPoint, Word, Excel, yeah, know how to open those. a new yeah. document, <laughs> create a, create a open, PowerPoint. Save, save as. That's all you need to know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's good. So, so yeah, college wasn't for me. Um, uh, yeah, so when did I know it was a career? Like, good question. So when I was 23, mm-hmm. um, so I'm back, I went on LDS missions, so I'm back at 21. Where'd you go? Canary Islands. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Where's that? Uh, Spain. Okay. Um, so it was called the Spain Las Palmas Mission. It's no longer. Um, I think there's still missionaries there, but they come from Madrid or Malaga, one of the other Spain missions. Um, so anyways, I'm back at 21, trying to go to school. That's not working. So I'm just kind of farting around with jobs. I didn't know, like I wanted to be a dog trainer, but didn't know how, like, there's not like a path. Like if you're an accountant or if you're a lawyer, there's there's a path, right? But for dog training, there's not. I, f- I found. I'm pretty sure UVU doesn't have that major. No. At least they didn't. They might. <laughs> they might now. You know, maybe you can go teach. <laughs> oh yeah. Don't you have to be a college grad to teach? Hey, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The UVU president is a U- listener to this podcast. Maybe he'll let us know. I've heard know? of people getting a UVU without a high school diploma. Is that true? UVU. I don't want to say anything like for those people that go to UVU, but it's glorified high school. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so what was I saying? You were talking about being back, farting around with oh, jobs. Oh yeah. And so jobs. Yeah. So at 23, um, I found a job on monster.com for a protection dog trainer out in Boston. And so called him up and was able to kind of sweet talk my way into a job in Boston. It was like Friday. He's like, cool. Can you be here Monday? And I was like, uh, sure. Hadn't met you. 
No. No Skype interview. I probably didn't no, exist. No, no Skype back then. Yeah, this was uh, 2003-ish. Did you have... What experience did you have at that point? Just my dogs? high school experience working with dogs. Cool. And so... Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it turns out, like, he... He liked me because he had worked in multi-level marketing, so of course he had a lot of Mormon friends, like previously the guy who owned this company, and so he was always fascinated that I could like speak to people. He's like, "Don't you like talk in church? Like you Mormons, like when you're young." He's like, "I'm terrified to talk to people." Anyway, so he hired me. I did that for a couple years, and then came back to Utah um, because we were having a baby, and I just wasn't making enough as a dog trainer to stay out in Boston. It's so expensive because um, my we had planned for my wife. Uh, she wanted to quit and raise the family, right? She didn't want to go off to work. And so a single income working as a dog trainer, we weren't going to make it out in Boston. So we moved back to Utah and I kind of gave up at that point. I didn't think that there was um, a way to make money with dogs. Like I didn't know how to do it. I was 25 years old. I didn't know how to do it. And so I go back to fart around with jobs, tried to do college. That's when I did UVU. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be able to do college that's just not me. Every job I had, like I got along really well with coworkers, but the bosses did not like me. And so I'm like, okay, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to raise up at any job. I don't know what to do. I know how to train dogs. Okay. I'm going to do that. And so I just did that. And I got a whole bunch of press my first year. Um, and did, how did you get that press? Uh, I just, uh, so you guys listen to 97.1? I do. ZHT. ZHT. Yeah. I mean it. Yeah, back in the day before, you know, technology existed. <laughs> it's still cool. I love 97.1. Um, you can listen to them on iHeartRadio out in New York. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, now I know. I was, you know, wondering how I could listen to my favorite <laughs> Utah radio station. Just download the app. You're good. All right. But, uh, but yeah, so that was the first press that I got. Um, it's you, you just started it. Started the company at that point? Yeah, so I started the company. So we're, like, on the verge of bankruptcy at this point because... I'm working $12 an hour at a factory, um, like graveyard shift, so that I could go to college during the day, ostensibly. That didn't happen. Um, so I'm making 12 bucks an hour. My wife's at home with the baby. Not too long after that, she gets pregnant again. So we got another baby on the way. I think I'm making $13 an hour now. Um, so I'm making, you know, for a single provider, we're making nothing, on the verge of bankruptcy. I'm like, I have to do something. And so, like, literally $10 a month for web hosting was, like, it like and so um i got some web hosting for 10 bucks a month you know put up a website um and that's when i contacted zht and i just kind of made up um i didn't make it up but like i think april is like national prevention of cruelty to animals month or something like that and so i i, I start calling and emailing and saying hey guys did you know this is because i i'd listen to them they're my favorite show and they still are I'd listen to them and I knew that they had pets and I knew that that's what they were into and, you know, they liked talking about their pets. So I said, look, you guys, you need to be doing a show about this. Um, you know, and I'm a dog trainer. I could I could help you guys out. And so they invited me in. I brought my Rottweiler. Um, so you're sort of BSing them in a way. Well, no. Well, you're... Yeah. <laughs> He's just a good salesman. <laughs> so, no, but I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you're selling them on and you're kind of... You know, just doing whatever you got to do to get in there, right? Exactly. I bring my Rottweiler, and, and he was praying no, for you're protection. Li you're not lying to them, but you're... Yeah, yeah I'm just... Selling them on you. you know, I'm manipulating, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you you need this, guys. You need this. They didn't need it, but, you know, <laughs> it turns out... It, so it was popular. I brought my Rottweiler, and I brought the sleeve, because he was trained to bite people on command. And so, you know, Frankie, you were listening. Yeah, so he yeah. put on the sleeve, 
and my dog attacked him, and you know they were video po- posting at the same time. Anyways, it was really cool. When was this? Oh, 2006, 2007, okay. something okay. like that. Okay. And so ago. they started inviting me. You know, they liked it, and I started coming in about every week, you know, uh, or every other week, and I did that for several years. Oh, that's cool. And that, plus a bunch of other press, I got on like Good Morning Utah, and I got in the newspapers and some magazines and stuff like that. So that's how I kind of bootstrapped and able to do over six figures my first year, um, which was great going from like, you know, making nothing at a factory to actually like doing what I loved and making some decent money out of it. So shout out to ZHD. I mean, they really kind of helped your business a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're awesome. Like I wonder you want me to listen to them when I'm in New York. You should. (laughs) Everybody should listen to ZHD. No, but like I owe them a debt. Like, and and just, they're just solid people like Frankie to this day. You know, I still sometimes help him out with my dog and we chat about stuff because i'm anyways and i was just over at jessica's house the other day helping her with her dog she's one of the other um hosts there so they're just great people do you know if they brand if they podcast or anything else you know because radio is sort of a dying media they so out at all isn't like don't they take their show and podcast it they might i think they do isn't they, that what they, they should if they're smart iHeartRadio, that's what it is i think isn't it it's i don't a, know it's a radio station but that also you can listen to oh, is that what it is after Okay. Fact, you know, so it's sort of both. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to be live. In fact, like some shows, like I'm a big sports nerd, so I listen to like The Herd with Colin Coward. He has his own channel, and it just plays oh, that day's like show yeah. over and over and over. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so anytime you're... So it's more like that. So oh, okay. I yeah. I like that Colin guy. He's Yeah. He's got good Wait, I have two questions that require us to backtrack a little okay. bit. Okay. Your wife. Yeah. So at what point in dating her did she... Did she come to know that you had this obsession with dogs? Or did you meet her at a vet or something? Good question. No, we met, uh, we were and, both... And was she on board? <laughs> sort uh, of a very she, unique passion. She did not know what she was getting into, that's for sure. We met, we were both working at Macy's, um, the grocery store. Mm, not the... My not hometown the, grocery store, yeah, both yeah, of us. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to this day, I can't walk into a Macy's. I'm that uh, traumatized. So, um, funny, fun fact about Macy's, though, the grocery store is... I work for Macy's, the department store, mm-hmm. as a buyer. And when I talk to some of my friends back home, and when I first started my career, I'd be like, yeah, I work at Macy's. And they'd be like, you bag produce? The dairy department? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm killing it. I just graduated <laughs> from college, got a job at Macy's. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a good place to meet anybody. So her family's kind of similar in that they're not into dogs and into pets. And she was. Like, she wanted a dog. And so... Like, as we were dating, I didn't think I was talking about becoming a dog trainer because I didn't know that that was much of a career path. Um, And so I think I talked about it. Yeah, I probably did. But anyway, so I knew that she definitely wanted a dog. In fact, we we got married and within like a month or two, we we got a dog. That dog just passed away here just like a month ago. So how many dogs do you have? uh, Right now I've got three. Yeah. So what are they? What breeds? Is a really, really rare breed. Um, I'll give you a high five if you heard of it. It's called a Fila Sao Miguel. Uh, sounds bougie. <laughs> it's, it's very highbrow. <laughs> I'm so, when I walk, I feel so now, important. Now, did Caesar Milan give you this dog? Or, no. You know, you, you, this is a dog you discovered while in the Canary Islands? or Almost, because they're from the Azores Islands, okay. which is pretty close to the Canary Islands. So, they're Portuguese islands. Rough estimate, if you get a full breed, what is this called again? Fila Sao Miguel. How much, How much? if you were to get from a breeder, how much is this puppy going to run you? I'm the only one that's bred a litter in the United States in 
a long time. There's one other guy in Boston that sometimes does, but he won't even talk to you. Like, he won't sell it to anybody that he's... Seriously. So, like, if you were to go there, it wouldn't be too much. Probably you're going to pay five, six hundred euros. But, like, to be able to develop the relationships and, like... Like, I learned Portuguese... Well, I don't speak it very well, but, like, I learned a lot of Portuguese just to, like, get into this breed. And so... Because um, it sounds like this dog breed is so like unique it probably speaks portuguese itself yeah. it's very unique but oddly enough it speaks russian <laughs> what it's like yeah yeah exactly <laughs> no, it doesn't. we should interview the dog <laughs> so what does it look like so it's and that's why i fell in love with them years ago it's got a very unique look they they crop their ears they've been doing that for hundreds I of like years i like the cropped ears look yeah um but it's a very unique crop is it a small breed is it a um so in the islands where they're from they are uh, like a cattle dog. And so my, my female is probably 50 pounds. Um, my That's male, he's eight, nine months old. He's size. probably 55 pounds. Oh, it almost looks like a teddy bear with yeah. his ears. What? That's pretty sweet. Oh, crop. so not the crop style that like my mind went to, which is like a schnauzer where it's like pointy. Well, yeah, so I mean crop Those just look refers like to a, cutting. Like a bear cub. Yeah, yeah. bear cub ears. Yeah, it's a very teddy bear. Wow. And so, it's a gorgeous dog. Yeah, and so that's where like just online I fell in love with them. And, and then it took me years of trying to build relationships to meet the breeders and stuff like that. And In fact, as a family, we went over to the Azores this summer. It was pretty cool. So the ears are cut like that? or Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do so. you cut any dog's ears like that or is... <laughs> You're trying to cut Bernie's ears like that, yeah, Drew? They do look like lab ears. Yeah, I mean, like before they're cut, they and look then, like lab yeah, ears. It does kind of look like a lab minus the ears a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, it's so a very, very unique look to them, obviously. So, yeah, they're just really cool. They're protective and they're great guardians and great with cattle, from what I understand. I don't have any cattle. Are they an easy, an easy breed to train? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, mind you, I've I have three of them, and I've worked with only a few others, and so I pro, you know, that gives me a lot of experience relatively within the breed. But it's not like I've known dozens of them or anything right. like that. But yeah, mine have been fun for training. So, so those are the three dogs you have. It's all that same breed. Yeah. So I've got the mom. She just had a litter of one, and he's about ten weeks old now. And then the other male that we picked up uh, over in. In in San Miguel is the island, so that's where their name comes from, Fila San Miguel. So, I have, and I want to get back to you know your story from there, but I do have a, I do have a question that I was gonna ask ask at some point, but this is as good a place as any because we're talking about breeds. What are the harder breeds to train, and what are the easiest? Because like you hear, if you hear a dog owner talk about it, they'll be like so proud that they were able to train there, whatever, to yeah. stop barking, but. <laughs> I wonder if there's validity to that or if it's kind of just depending on like at what point in their life you get them or what. Yeah, we, we kind of get that, you know, in our business and we love our clients. And so I don't ever, I'm not going to make fun of any, well, I guess I'm going to kind of poke fun a little bit, but you know, well, people I mean, are always like, my dog is so well-behaved. He like shakes, he like rolls over, like he'll wait before I give him dinner. I'm like, hold up. Didn't you just tell me like he attacked a human? <laughs> Yeah, but he gives paw, and I'm like, <laughs> he gives paw. What does that What does that do for you? That's not an obedient dog. An obedient dog doesn't attack the human. Um, but yeah, as far as like hard ones, I would say like most of the northern breeds, like the huskies and the malamutes, and those dogs are not always the funnest to train. They can definitely be tough. And then like uh, so, dogs that are bred to be super independent, the huskies, malamutes, stuff like that. Malamutes, that's a trendy dog, I, I hear. We get a lot of huskies. Really? Malamutes, we get less. Hmm. Um, 
Yeah, the easier ones would be like yours, like labs. Dogs that are bred to work with the human, like labs and golden retrievers and stuff, tend to be a little bit easier. Sometimes the herding dogs, like shepherds and stuff, are, can be a little bit easier. Yeah. I feel like labs are pretty popular here in yeah. Utah. I think everywhere. I think they're the like second or third most popular in the country or something like that. So Really? Do you know what the first is? I don't remember. Like the AKC puts out numbers, and mm. so they're not 100% accurate, but I just... Chihuahua? <laughs> oh my gosh. Hope not. My grandpa got... California. <laughs> I was just at my grandparents for Christmas, and uh, he, my grandma passed away a year, a year and a half ago. And so for a gift, for companionship, my uncle got my grandpa a baby chihuahua that he didn't want <laughs> and has since become like the man, well, the woman of the house. And I went over there. And I hadn't met this dog, and he was so friendly to everybody until he saw me. And yeah. I was like, hey, pup. And he tried, immediately tried to take my hand off. This dog is this is yeah. this big. And then my brother came in like 10 minutes later, and I was like, hey, man, go pet the dog. <laughs> and he did bite his hand. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a funny joke, but good thing he didn't like actually, <laughs> actually get blood. But I was surprised that, that, I don't know if it's a chihuahua thing, but um, so friendly to everybody, but... Someone he hadn't met before, he like yeah. went after immediately. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, jokes to end with somebody getting bitten are always funny. I like that. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, as long as like they didn't have to get a tetanus shot, right? Well, I mean, the tetanus shot adds layers to the joke. So okay, cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so uh, let's go back ten years. You're living in Utah. Your business starts to kind of build. Mm-hmm. You said you you had a good successful first year. At what point did you start getting clients outside of? the area because i read you know from your website one of the things that was really interesting that i want to get into is how many unique experiences you've had and places you've been able to travel by being a dog trainer so on on two levels so when i worked in boston as at this dog training company we would train these protection dogs so we would import dogs from europe we would train them as family protection dogs and then sell them to people and so i did travel a lot there Uh, but then on my own uh, with my own business Probably really about year three or four. So pretty soon in. Um, just because I was able to I was able to do a lot of stuff with my website to start getting traffic to come from everywhere. Um, my YouTube page, I've had a YouTube page for eleven years and you know, or, I don't know ten years or, for YouTube, you know? Something like that. Yeah. Pretty pretty new. I don't remember when YouTube came out, but how many videos do you guys have at this point? A couple hundred. So quite a few. And so That's we've awesome. got a lot of content out there and so yeah, people have been finding me from everywhere and just, you know, we, we're pretty transparent. We put out a lot of stuff like, hey, here's exactly how we do this and here's how we do this. And, you know, so people from around the world will hire us. So it's pretty cool. Do you have a video that has that has like a ton more views than, than any others? I'm sure I do. I never get into my stats though. Like I had this one video, just it showed my, my Rottweiler barking and it had hundreds of thousands of views <laughs> yeah. i was like why is that one what about this one where i'm like teaching you how to do all these crazy things and like no it's the dog barking for like 30 seconds what's the youtube channel uh i think it's like backslash communicanine my, my company oh, my cool. company used to be called communicanine so c-o-m-m-u-n-i-c-a-n-i-n-e mm-hmm. used to be called that for years but no one could remember the name and <laughs> when people had to write checks they're like what and i'm like i gotta get rid of this thing so so where, so how did you come up with the new name? Ty the Dog Guy? Yeah. Well, it's I mean, catchy. <laughs> it rhymes. I mean, were you, have you always been Ty? Or no, my Tyler? name's Tyler. Yeah. And so I did Ty because it rhymes with guy. Okay. 
Does everybody call you Ty now? And you're like, oh, well. Pretty much, yeah. My mom hates it. She's like, I didn't name you Ty. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, okay, so um, I have a couple questions regarding a couple of the things that you've done. Sure. That you you list out on your website. So I had forgotten I did that. Yeah, well, it's too late now because I, I'm too. You have to tell me these. Well, no, stories. I'm happy to talk about them. But you had, on the phone, you're like, "Hey, you did this and this," and I was like, "Really? How did you know?" <laughs> I was like, you should read your own web page from time to time. I'm pretty good at stalking. Good. I'm great at it. Good. In fact, I stalk a lot of dog Instagram accounts. Oh, good. Do you have a favorite? No, I, I'm just figuring out Instagram. Do you have your own? Yeah, tie the dog guys are Instagram. Right on. Yeah. All right. I've had clients bring me to work with them in their homes in six foreign countries. All right, what's your favorite and why? Like, what would bring someone to Oman? Oman? Yeah. So Oman was cool. Like, there's uh, there's these dogs. They're called Wadi dogs. I don't know. Have you, have you been in the Middle East? Have you been, been in the Middle East? I've never been there. I've never been there. No? Anyway, so in the Middle East, there's these places called washes. I mean, well, there's these washes, right? To where it's like desert, desert, desert. But then there's this area that when they get rain... You know, it, it turns into this river, and then it goes away. You know, after the rain, right? So, anyways, those are washes are called wadis, and there's these dogs. They look kind of like greyhound mixes. They kind of look like Santa's little helper from uh, Simpsons. Okay. Um, that they've they're very gorgeous dog. That Santa's little helper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, some wadi dogs are attractive. Some wadi dogs are not. But anyways, uh, this great couple over in Oman. She's Canadian. He's uh, South African. Um, they're working in Oman. Um, great couple. Never owned dogs before. Always been cat people. And one day they rescue one. And then it just keeps happening. And they rescue and they rescue and they rescue. And I think they end up with like 13 of them. And and they've got this huge house because their company's paying for it. Um, you know, they, they put them up in a nice house. They've got this huge house with 13 dogs. And they're watching my YouTube videos. And they call me and they're like, we need help. And I was like, Okay, uh, and and they're like, I'm like, where are you? And they're like, in Oman. And I'm like, oh, I gotta go to Oman. I got. Did you go. even know where Oman was? I still have no idea in my mind. I, yeah, in the Middle East somewhere. I mean, <laughs> I'm a geography buff. Yeah, it's on the that peninsula there with with Saudi Arabia and okay. Yemen. And okay, over near UAE. Um, if if you know where that is. Um, but anyways, so yeah, they and I'm like, I want to go to Oman, and so like. I actually discounted my rate just because I really, really wanted to go because I don't know, like I've never been there and I wanted to go. And so so I, I went and I spent, I don't know, nine, ten days like helping them train a bunch of their dogs and getting like systems down to where um, like they could manage it and stuff like that. And so they're actually in the process of trying to move to France and they um, and they want me to, they're going to get like this big estate out in the in the country and they want me to start running programs out there in France for them. So that'd be, I'm hoping they do it. That'd oh, be geez. pretty darn cool. That'd be amazing. Yeah, like, but like, they want me to do like corporate retreat stuff, like bring in like businessmen and teach them leadership skills through dog training and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I hope, anyways. So yeah, Oman was cool. Beautiful country, like super deserty, obviously. But yeah. uh, Oman was cool. Um, Puerto Rico was fun. I took a, a protection dog there. The guy was amazing he had uh you know yachts and helicopters so he took us like all over the island on helicopters and went out on his yacht and you know that was amazing where else mexico where in mexico the border um (laughs) tijuana no the uh over in texas oh um juarez uh, no just the worst drug cartels in the country no these were minor drug cartels (laughs) oh just the minor ones yeah this is uh reynosa 
Okay, I don't know where that is. But um, I'm sure it's cool. Yeah, over near the Gulf of Mexico, kind of. So had a client bring me there. That was cool. Like, Did they pay you in cash? Yeah, surprisingly, <laughs> like big fat stacks of cash. You just rolled. <laughs> How else do you do it? I, you don't. <laughs> exactly. In, in, a, in a pillowcase. They brought you out there, then like, hey, by the way, can you train our our tigers? He had a tiger. He did. He grew up with tigers. I'm not kidding. Oh, I, I think I've seen their uh, compound on the internet. <laughs> so this guy had a. T- so he grew up. He had a, a Rottweiler and a tiger, and they would play together. That's funny that you knew that. Um, but no, yeah, he, so uh, this town is on the border. He had his business there, uh, construction. His family owned uh, a university in that town, but he lived over on the Texas side. So we kind of went back and forth. In fact, so yeah, I've, I've sold him a protection dog and, um, a few times now, like years and years ago. And then years later that dog died. And then years later that dog died. And so I was just back there this year bringing him a new dog. Mm-hmm. So. So uh, how many years are you indebted to the drug cartel? Like how long do you have to work for them? <laughs> well, it's just like regular indentured servitude of seven years. And then, okay. and then I can do whatever I want. Cool, cool. We definitely can't name the guy by name on our podcast because you'll never hear from us again. <laughs> That's he's, so crazy. He's only slightly one of the most dangerous people I've worked with. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, is other that, than the mafia that, guys. Is that true? Or are we Did just, I write the mafia guys on I there? I read that on your site, the mafia. Like, you couldn't look the guy in the face if he was in the room, or you had to leave or something. Yeah, I've since found out I've worked for two mafia bosses. One was Russian, one was uh, British. Okay. Where is it British the, mafia? Is you did. This is, you say, once I found myself in a client's home where the owner was a famous mafia member from another country, I was informed by the state, a state security not to look at him in the eye and leave the room if he ever saw me. Yeah, so like this is in Beverly Hills, right? So oh my gosh, okay. I show up and just amazing, like next door, like two doors down is Sylvester Stallone and Eddie Murphy lives over here. Wow. Um, so it was, it was that neighborhood and it was amazing, like huge, gorgeous house. And so the estate manager, the security manager, security, the, the, the security dude in charge there, he hired me. So I come out and I'm working mostly with him and the wife and the son. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, so working mostly with them with their dog. I'm there, I was probably there four days total. On the second day, I see who I assumed was the father just across the pool, and I'm out just working with the dog by myself. And I'm like, oh, hey. And he just looks at me. He looks at me kind of funny. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And anyway, so later, I'm, uh, I'm walking, you know, I'm, I'm back with the security guy, and he's like, oh, hey, by the way, if you see him again, that was, what's his name? I don't remember his name right now. Actually, really don't remember his name, but um, his name was Luca. <laughs> it could have been. I don't know. Did they erase your memory? <laughs> A little flashy thing. Black, yeah. So, like, uh, yeah, he he pulls me aside and he's like, "If you see him again, don't look at him. I don't care what we're doing. Like, if I'm in the room with you and he walks in, I need you to leave. Just like oh. leave the room. Don't look at him. Don't wave to him. Don't talk to him. Don't say hi. I need you to just leave the room." And I was like. Okay. And like, I had no idea what's going on. So I go back to the hotel that night and I'm like, who is this guy? And I put it in Google and it comes back. There's like a fan page of like Russian mafia, like the most famous ones. And, and he's like up there as like one of these Russian mafia guys. And it's telling stories about stuff that he's done and like unions that he's broken and, and like people that have gone disappeared. And I'm like, yeah, I won't. I, I won't. I won't wave to him again. Between the cartel and the mafia, I feel like we got a segue. Or we're not going to make it. His <laughs> yeah. name is Vladimir. Vladimir. Can you tell us he paid you in dog? vodka. That was a Doberman. Doberman. 
Yeah. Dang. Wait, what was the... I forgot already. What was the cartel dog? That he was probably a, wasn't in the cartel for real. He probably was. But what kind of dog was that that you were trying? So one of them was a German Shepherd, and I recently uh, sold him dogs. a Belgian Malinois. Yeah. Wow. And then I did something for the a guy... I didn't find out he was British Mafia until later, and I don't know how... Anyway, so this is one in Spain. This was a few years back. Um, sold him a, uh, a Belgian Malinois protection dog. I think like 60 grand. Um, mm-hmm. And they're like, is there one more expensive than this? And we're like, that's about as expensive as we got. That's okay, sure. we'll take that Just one then. Just 60, huh? Yeah. It's like, okay, we're cool. 600. <laughs> so this was way different mafia experience. So I go over, uh, his, uh, his name's Paul. Nicest guy in the world. Like, you would think, I don't know, uh, like you'd sit down and watch football with him. He was like so happy and he was hugging you. And he was nice, and he was open, and his wife was, like, the sweetest lady. She was always wearing at least a million dollars worth of jewelry. But, like, as down-to-earth as you can be while wearing a couple million dollars worth of jewelry Mm -hmm. was her. And so she, super amazing, like, every night, like, taking us, you know, taking us out to dinner and, like, so hospitable and putting us up in nice places and... And just the sweetest people, like, making me drive their Ferrari. Ferrari? Yeah. Making me drive their Ferrari that I didn't want to drive. Um, Just the coolest people. Um, And then, anyway, so I'm there for a week. It wasn't like, like, six months later, they're like, email me. Thank you so much. This is, like, the best investment we've ever made. Um, Like, a guy broke in and, like, um, we sent the dog to go attack him and the dog did. And then Paul went and got his gun and shot him. And, like... They did. They ended the story there, and I'm like, "Wait, what? What do you mean? You shot really him? helped like, us whack that guy. Like he's dead, or you shot him in the leg? Like what happened here?" And End so, of story. So I'm like, "Oh, cool. That, yeah, I'm glad you're able to shoot that guy." Um, <laughs> so, anyways, we have that back and forth, and I'm not thinking about it. Um, and then, like a year later, like they email with another story of like four guys with like. Uh, ski masks and like some sort of submachine guns like come over their wall and the dog um, the dog saved him again which was awesome because like they're they're sitting there what was it like um, I'm trying to remember the story because this is a few years back but like uh, one of the dudes is sitting there with a gun to uh, mom's head and dad's head or something like that dog comes in attacks one of the guys um, guy with the gun to mom's head goes over to help and they beat the crap out of the dog but in the process of he's attacking all these guys, mom escapes and she goes down the street and calls the cops. Um, and everyone's, you know, the cops come, everyone's safe. And so he saved him again. Um, I did, like, looking back, I don't know why it took me, because it was a few years later, one of my other trainer friends was like, oh yeah, I was over in the south of Spain. You know they're mafia, right? And I was like, that makes sense. Like, who else has people constantly trying to break into your house and like... You know, I would. I asked him what he did for a living. He's like, "Oh, I'm a contractor. Like, I have a company in the UK." <laughs> the contracting is hitmen. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, like I should have put two and two together. Like, normally people aren't like constantly breaking into your house, like trying to steal all this stuff. But like, anyways, so that was oh my cool. Gosh. That, but that's yeah, crazy. Coolest man. people. Give me like a big old tip, like six hundred bucks. Like I don't know. That's a lot for me. How does one learn how to train a dog to attack? I mean, I, ma- I would imagine most of your training was like, hey, I can teach your dog like how to not bark all the time. Yeah. But I can also teach your dog how to take somebody's neck and just pull it out. <laughs> yeah, so obviously two different styles. So 
they don't go well together. Which so, yeah. one do you specialize in? <laughs> you know, we do both. Most people nowadays hire us to get their dogs to stop attacking people. You know, we work right. with a lot of aggression and stuff like that, getting rid of it. But yeah, you know, it's uh, for most dogs, it's like a game. You know, you teach them when they're little, you teach them, hey, bite this little rag. It's fun. And you wrestle with the rag. And then mm-hmm. the rag turns into like a, a, a tug, a tube type thing that you wrestle with. And, and soon you like, you know, you put it like this little sleeve and the dog's like, cool, I bite the sleeve. And he just thinks he's having fun. And, you know, you, you graduate to where now you're that whole bite suit thing. And, you know, for a lot of dogs, it's just a lot of fun, you know, but, uh, yeah, I have it. We enjoy training it. It's it is a lot of fun. It's put me in touch with some really neat people. So, what's the most common type of protection dog out there that you train? The German Shepherd. Or? German Shepherd, and then a lot of Belgian Malinois. That's what a lot of police officers have these days. So they look similar to the Shepherd if you don't know what they look like. Okay. Yeah. So you've been featured in a lot of places. Uh, let me ask you. Of all the TV spots or newspapers, Entrepreneur Magazine, what was what was your favorite, and what what are they typically? What is the line of questioning you get into with them? You know, it, it really has been the radio show ninety seven one. Um, just because they're such stellar people, and it, it really jump started my career. Um, and I, I mean, enjoy until it. now, right? Until now, yeah. I anticipate most people say peculiar people, That's but right. you know, we'll edit that out, and then <laughs> we can come in later, and you can say. We'll just be like, right when you're about to say 97.1, we'll dub in your voice saying, <laughs> Peculiar. Peculiar. <laughs> It'll be a robot voice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, I like radio. You know, I like, uh, in fact, I've done some podcasting stuff for my business as well. Cool. And so I enjoy the medium of radio. Like TV's fun um, and I've done some TV, but radio has always been really cool. That's awesome. Um, so Drew's, I'm going to leave some time for Drew to ask you about some training tips for his dog. Okay. But there are a couple more on this that I just want to get to. Um, who is the basketball player that you uh, oh. you went to Florida and you saw him peeing in the bushes? That was Shaquille Tell us that. <laughs> I had a feeling. Yeah. He was shacked in a fool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we trained Shaquille O'Neal's dog. That guy's crazy. <laughs> like, and Is I, he cool or crazy yeah, in a good way or just he's lost it? Both, like, and I feel comfortable saying this because, like, there's no way he remembers me. Like, he lives in his own world. And so, like, I don't feel bad, like, name dropping him because if you're ever like, oh, hey, remember that dog trainer, Ty? He'd be like, no, don't, you know, like, uh, talk to me about me. So I just don't want him to DM us, you know, with negative feedback. Like, I I think you're safe. Some celebrities (laughs) do. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you get that. Um, But, no, he's, uh, he was cool in the sense that he was, like, uh, what's the word? Like, he was hospitable. Mm-hmm. Like, we'd be talking. He's like, okay, you want some water? Uh, no, I'm good. You want a steak? Like, <laughs> I still remember that. I was like, yeah, yeah, I do want a steak. And so he, like, he had his cook go make me a steak. And I was like, I need to accept the steak because that's never going to happen again. That Shaquille O'Neal's going to offer me a steak. Well, now, was the steak branded with the uh, Superman logo? No, it wasn't. <laughs> but it was a very good steak. Like, his, it was uh, just one of his friends that turned into one of his cooks. And so, you know, it was just one of his buddies from growing up that was his cook. But, uh, but yeah, he was just, uh, he was so, he knew who he was. Like, I, I remember we were driving in downtown Miami because um, we were going to a pet store to grab stuff. And he's like, oh, hey, there's a hot chick. He drives up on the sidewalk. And we drive down the sidewalk for like 50 yards. And he's like pushing people away. Hey, hey. And like he gets over to her. He's like, and you can tell she's like weirded out. And he's like, hey, sweetheart, come over here. And she sees who it is. And she's like. 
Okay. And so, like, who else on earth can get away with that? A cop saw him do it and didn't care. Like, a cop came over and he's like, oh, hey, what's up, man? Um, and well, like, it's because Shaq was a police officer. You that's know? true. And he was he talked about that a lot. Yeah, but like, it's like all he ever talks about. But he was like, you know, we're like, how do you like Miami? He's like, oh, it's great, except my wife is around all the time. I was like, okay. My wife. <laughs> but uh but yeah it was uh and he always was making his kids fight and making his kids curse but but yeah so anyways the dog that we took uh was a great dog but it had had um recently had a kidney infection so he was getting over that and wasn't peeing very well um and so we're there at his house in miami um and uh so we're like hey we, the dog probably needs a potty break so let's go outside so i'm there with another trainer friend and we're sitting there, we're walking the dog back and forth, and Shaq's just, you know, 20 yards over there playing with his kids. Um, and then my buddy's like, hey, dude, he's peeing. And I'm looking at the dog. I'm like, no, he's not. Like, we need him to pee, but he's like, no, dude, he's peeing. And he, like, nudges me, and over there, like, Shaq is peeing in the bushes. And this is on the intercoastal. I don't know if you've ever been to Florida. The intercoastal, like, this is Star Island, which Matt Damon lives there and Rosie O'Donnell lives there. And so, like, tour boats are going around all the time. Wait, where in Florida? Uh, Miami. So, like, Star Island oh, okay, is just... Okay. And so, like, he's peeing and waving to these, like, boats <laughs> as he's doing it. And he pees. Like, if you're wearing like, gym shorts, how do you pee? Do you pull down from the front? Or where do you pull down? From the front. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. But, like, he comes through the leg to pee. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Did you know well, that? Well, your shack... I feel like it might be possible. Yeah, but that's how he did it. Because I've never seen somebody pull this way to pee. And I was like, so impressed. He pulled it through the pant leg. Yeah, it was awesome. That part of the podcast is NSFW. <laughs> Not safe for work. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. I Great visual. Great visual. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, easy segue from, from that. Uh, who? What is the most epic fail that you've had in terms of training? Epic fail. I mean, you mentioned on, on your site that, you know, you, 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 you've had some failures. Yeah. You know, I would say uh, biggest failures were when we first started doing service dogs. Um, I did a lot, you know, we've been doing a lot for maybe about five years. And I don't think I prepared people well enough to know that a service dog is a lot of work. They just, you know, they saw a YouTube video of like, look, here's this trained dog and it's going to make everything better. And they don't realize how much work goes into it. And so we've had some clients not happy with us because I don't think I prepped them for how much work they were going to have as, you know, with a service dog. And so it's not a very funny fail, but it's a fail. Well, Drew here is actually a professional Yelp reviewer. That's right. Professional? Elite is what we call it. That You call it? Or they call it? The community calls it elite. I'm yeah, only right. half joking. This guy literally, I don't know, Drew, you explain is you just have to take a lot of pictures, review yeah, a lot of restaurants or businesses. Did you get to the front of the line at restaurants? No. Do you ever <laughs> just like thinking about? Wait, why don't I get to the front? Do you ever get to I'm say? Do you know why? Benefits are. Yeah. I'm just providing them free content. I'm thinking. I think I'm getting ripped off. I've been to one event where they provided. It was a sushi restaurant, and they were introducing you know their new menu, and they had a bunch of elite Yelpers come out and try food and yeah. feedback. See, my goal is I one day I want to be like well known enough to where I could be like, do you know who I am? You know, just like at any point, like if someone's like, hey, can I take your order? And I'll be like, do you know who I am? You know, just do you get to do that as a Yelp reviewer? No, nobody's ever recognized me. 
darn. Unfortunately. Well, not from Yelp reviewing, but, no, you know. From Yelp reviewing, but just from my other ventures, you know. <laughs> he's I sort know, of he's an Instagram. Joking. He's winking right <laughs> now. No, uh, it's, it's really, it's, I guess that's Drew's peculiarity. <laughs> I've never left a review on anything. No? That, does, that didn't make me, requ- that didn't require me to review it in order to leave the app. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, is a business owner review like I understand reviews so much different yeah. now? Like people that are like, like there's no more miserable human that like, oh they, they were out of my favorite dish one star. I'm like, huh? You're probably are going to hell for that. Yeah. At least, yeah. if not worse. People are out there to just ruin businesses. I feel like some for sure. People. Yeah. But yeah. I, I I go I only got into it because we were traveling traveling a lot for work. We we're going to trade shows in different cities. Mm-hmm. And we'd, always have time to kill so we want to go eat good food so we download the app and Mm -hmm. that's kind of what started the whole getting into reviewing restaurants and gotcha gotcha yeah i you always do you try to leave nicer reviews than yeah i yeah there's very few like one two star reviews that i've left i usually only leave reviews if they're four or five stars good good yeah and I, i review a lot and i'm the same way almost always five stars company really has to do something awful to get like one or two stars right. yeah but like i would yeah because i've got like a hundred reviews on facebook and almost like 96 of them are great two of them are fake and two of them are like just made up crap and same thing on like google like hundred and something reviews and like almost all of them are five star except for like one or two fake ones and yeah, it's probably your competitor trying to take it yeah and there's a couple like legitimately like we screwed up do you but... have some do you have some strong competition here I mean, there's a lot of competition. Who do you who do you like monitor? Um, I don't know that I monitor anybody, but I like to think that we're we're carving a unique enough niche into like how we can produce results that that it's not really competition. Like we we train dogs, but these guys do it a different way. So you know, if you want it that way, go to them. But you know, we're very unique in how we do yeah. things. Well, I'm sure so. a lot of your competition too is just people getting on YouTube. And watching videos, right? And bypassing hiring a dog trainer. It could be. Like, I was in City Creek the other day working with a client, and a girl comes up to me. She's like, are you tied to the dog? I was like, yeah. She's like, I've trained my dog with your YouTube videos. And I was like, that was not the point. You were supposed to hire me. That's why I put out the YouTube videos. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe your videos are too good. Uh, I don't know if anyone accuses us of Maybe being you have to leave a cliffhanger ending. Exactly. Exactly. For more. And here's what you do. (laughs) <laughs> and just like cut it just show the dog charging somebody and then it's like for more go to tie the dog guy um drew do you have any questions about bernie yeah well so bernie's five months old she's a yellow lab and i think the hardest thing that i've had training i haven't done a very good job i've done just the basic commands sit shake stay mm-hmm. um but like one of the things that we struggle with is her not coming when called. Mm-hmm. So she'll go out. We want to go to the restroom. want her to go to the restroom and come back in, but she wants to stay out there, eat the snow, play, dig. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go put my shoes on and go chase after her out in the backyard. I just want her to come when I call her. <laughs> yeah. So what tips or what things can I do to... So what have you done to teach her to come when called? Uh, I kind of shake her dog bag treats so she'll <laughs> come running in. Um, and does she come for that? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Like if she hears like her uh, kibble bag being shook, then she'll come running. And sometimes not? Sometimes not, yeah. It depends what she's doing. Like if she's having a good old time, like 
pulling plants out of the ground or gotcha. digging holes in the sod, she won't. But. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's a couple ends. So we're, we're what we call like a balance training company. So balance meaning we do use a lot of positive reinforcement. We want the dog to really enjoy being obedient. And we balance that with proper correction, showing the dog, you, you have to be obedient. It's the rule. Um, and so, because uh, on both ends, there's things that I would tell you to do. So on the end of positivity, what I would do is she's starting to realize, hey, if I come, my fun's gone. Like, every time I come, even if he gives me a treat, like, I'm back in the house and I'm not having fun anymore. And so I would just mix it up. I would have her come, give her a treat. All right, go back and play. And then have her, you know, 20 seconds later, come again, go back and play. Dogs are bad at math. So if you call her like eight times, but she only comes in once, like she's not going to realize what come means. Right now, come is starting to be, this is the end of fun. And you don't, you want it to be the opposite. Coming is fun. And so on the positive reinforcement end, you know, that's what I would do is I would, I would just do a lot more recall than you need to. So that she realizes most of the time, this is just fun and I get to play. On the other end, we want the dog to realize you have to come. Because at the end of the day, the cat is more interesting than coming when called. It's more interesting than the treat. And so I don't want my dog running into the street to chase the cat because he's like, well, screw your hot dogs because there's a cat over here. Right. And so that's where, you know, typically when I've got a puppy and we're out in the backyard, he's on a long line. And I am out in the backyard, you know, and, and frankly, you're going to have to. Mm-hmm. And so... meaning if I tell him come and he doesn't, I'm just going to, and so I got a 20 foot, 30 foot leash. That's what a long line is. Just a quick pop on the leash. And then he comes and he gets the treat. And so, and then the next time he's like starting to do this, I give him a quick little pop on the leash. And so he starts to realize, okay, I have to come, Mm -hmm. but it is in my best interest. Like it works out really well for me. And that way you kind of cover both, both bases that way. Gotcha. Okay. It's some work, but you can, you can make it happen. That's probably one of the hardest things that and, is, is, she, is she potty trained? Like yeah, house she, trained? So she is potty trained in that. Think, she goes in the toilet. She goes in the toilet. She skips out there and squats. You guys are ready to have a kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't so, do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Like, I don't know. She'll get, uh, we're just up with my parents up in Logan. They've got mm-hmm. an unfenced yard. And so deer and, and things like that come and leave their mark and then. Yeah, Bernie kind of sniffs that out and likes to eat it. I don't know if she thinks it's her kibble or something fun to chew on. I, I don't know. So when I've got a five-month-old dog, it's on leash all the time. Because what the things that you're saying is I want to have control of my dog off-leash, which everyone does. You know, that's like the ultimate goal for everybody. But you can't really have an off-leash trained dog until you have an on-leash trained dog. And so when they're young, they're on leash all the time with me so that, like, they're starting to get into the trash, I can give them a correction. Or I need to teach them how to sit, I can use the leash and guide them into a sit. Or I need them to come, I can use the leash and make that happen. Or, you know, you're starting to dig on digging in the bushes, I can give a correction over there. So I can really, dog training is about controlling outcomes over and over and over. And the stuff that we don't like doesn't have a positive outcome. And the stuff that we do like does have a positive outcome over and over and over. And so you don't need the leash anymore because the dog, it's like muscle memory. The dog just knows how to do it at that point. And so, but that's, that's the issue that, that's the big mistake that almost everyone makes is they put themselves in a position where they have no ability to follow through. And so the dog starts to learn, like, I don't have to do this. And then the big complaint I hear when the dog's like 10 months old or year old is like, my dog's obedient when she feels like it. Right. And in reality, that's what they taught them. They said, do you feel like coming? You don't? Okay. I have no ability to make sure that you do. And so they taught the dog to do that. Or do you feel like stop, you know, not eating deer poop? Oh, you don't? Well, I don't have any ability to make you stop, and so you're going to keep doing it. And so the dog realizes obedience is very 
non-mandatory. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So keep her on a leash 24-7 is what I'm kind of hearing. I, I do. You're, I hope you're taking copious notes. Yeah, I've got to. I don't, I don't, my dogs don't come off a leash typically until they're seven, eight months old. Because um, I'll put in months of them being on a leash because I know that that makes me the next 12 years of my life yeah. so much easier. So you just let them roam around the house with the leash on and when you when you want them to come? or So it depends. Whatever. Like if they're really young, like I'm holding that leash because every other minute the dog's like biting something or chewing something yeah. or whatever. So I need to be controlling those interactions. But And then beyond that, yeah, teaching the obedience. And so as the dog gets a little bit better, now the leash is dragging. And then as the dog gets a little bit better, it has more freedom around the house. But we don't, you don't want to give too much freedom too quickly because... The dog doesn't know what to do with freedom. It'll do what comes natural, which is to pee on stuff and chew stuff and jump on stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we want to teach them. That's what training is, is saying, hey, this is natural, but it's not okay. you got to do it this way. Gotcha. Yeah. So it says, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, but on your site, you have a 60-day program for dogs. Mm-hmm. And it, are all these things that we're talking about included in that package? Or what kind yeah. of is included in that 60-day program for dogs and puppies? Yeah, we found that we can, you can basically overcome any behavior in 60 days. That doesn't mean it's fixed forever. It just means you can overcome it. And as long as you maintain it, you're going to be... It's like it's like with anything, right? You want a new habit. What is it? 21 days or something like that? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I was just about to... Yeah, I think 21 days. They always say something like that. Three weeks, four weeks, I don't know. But like anybody can create a new habit you know, in a month or two. It's the same with dogs. So we found that like... If a dog comes to us for aggression or if a dog comes to us because it needs obedience or it's hyper or it's anxious, in 60 days we can turn around almost anything. Um, now it's a new habit. New habits can go away pretty quick or new habits can stay if people stay on top of it. And so that's where our program is a 60-day program where that's the core training of... Because we found that people too can put in a lot of work for two months. They can't keep doing that forever. No one can. Mm-hmm. But if you can put in that, a big amount of work, you make such great strides that then you can, it's not like going autopilot, but you can slack off a little bit. You can kind of be, you still need to be a responsible dog owner and supervise your dog and make sure it's getting exercise and practicing obedience and stuff like that. But any dog can overcome stuff in two months. So there is hope for us. <laughs> well. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> oh, for the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> for the dog. No. I don't know about other aspects of your life. <laughs> Dogs are easy. The humans are tough. So let's, I have a couple more questions and I'll let Drew ask a couple just to get you out of here. Um, just out of my own curiosity. Okay. Have you ever tried to train other animals? Uh, someone brought in a pig once and I just did one session with it and I I was kind of hoping they'd bring it back again. They wanted to be a service pig. Um, I don't even remember what they wanted to do, but it was like one of these little micro pigs. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They're really cute. Um, but I only saw them for one session. I'm really bummed about that. <laughs> You'd be open to training pigs. I would. They're they're smarter People, than dogs. Pigs, man. I had a uh, young married couple friends of mine that got a pig instead of a dog in New York. No, here. Oh, here. And I don't know what happened. Yeah. I, I should follow up. I don't know if it's still alive. <laughs> yeah, because they're very sincere. I very, have no idea if that. Pig it's is very still tempting alive. to get like off it if it's doing something wrong. Like, well, yeah, that you was know, a fun in this economy when you when you have a. You know, food source. That Just running around your house. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what What is the ultimate goal for you? I mean, it sounds like you've done so much. You're still a, a young guy in the scheme of life. What would yeah. What would you like to look back at the end of you know retirement and say, this is what I did Ooh. with this thing? 
That's a good question. I'm uh, so my business is still you know running. Um, I'm doing a little bit less with it. You know, it's we've got a bunch of trainers that work for us and. Um, and that's fantastic. Um, I'm starting to branch out more and do like consulting for other dog trainers, like in other businesses and teaching them how to grow their business because we've been lucky enough. I've studied so much marketing and so much stuff that I've been able to grow my business to be, it is one of the bigger ones in the country. It's not like this huge business, but as far as dog trainers businesses go, we're one of the biggest in the country. And so I'm looking to kind of share that marketing and best practices stuff because our industry is very fragmented. There aren't like best practices like there are in other industries. And so, so yeah, I'm starting to branch out and do consulting with other dog trainers and have helped a handful so far and hope to keep helping more and uh, really hope to go back and do a lot more travel as a family and travel for work and stuff. So, yeah. And if you're listening and you're on the board of faculty members at Utah Valley University, I think Ty would be open to teaching, right? I would be. All right. Although, wait, professors don't make alumni. very much, do they? <laughs> yeah, I, I have one and a half credits. Um, so I'm You just probably... need to pay him in cash, rolled in a pillowcase, and he'll do it. <laughs> I think that's that's all I've really gotten from this podcast. Well, that's the it. mafia ties. Just oh. No, I'm kidding. Um, Drew, do you have any other questions for this guy? Um, no, I did read on your site that you guys have won the Best of State Award mm -hmm. eight years for dog training. Can you tell us a little bit about that award, how you win it? If you're not yeah, so I do believe that it means that we're good. Okay. I also happen to know that I'm probably a better writer than most other dog trainers in the state, which is why we keep winning. Because I write, even you submit an application... Oh. And so I'm just a good writer, and so I think I just write better than them, and I can explain why we're better. Um, I happen to think we're better, too, you know, for whatever that's worth, but uh, the Best of State Award is is mostly how well you can write out a pitch, really, on, on why your company's good. Yeah. Whatever works, right? Exactly. Yeah, man, that podcast category, you know? Yeah. I mean, I won't write it, but maybe we could have Whitney write it. There I wonder go. if there is a Best of State <laughs> for podcast, is there? I don't know. We'll have to look into that. Yeah, we'll Google. Well, and if not, win, they'll add it because you have to pay to enter. And so they'll be like, oh, if we create category? it and then we win the first one. Exactly. Boom. <laughs> You'd be the best. And then they'll be like, that tie the dog guy episode is just went viral. As it, as it should. It will. Good. We'll make sure. Maybe Good. we'll dub in your Rottweiler's bark and then maybe it will become viral. Like YouTube <laughs> well, exactly. We're going to replace the entire hour of this podcast with that <laughs> YouTube and your dog barking. <laughs> viral times too. Um, okay, this is the part of the show where, Ty, you get to plug anything that you're doing, any place people can find you. Go ahead and plug away where people can find you. Sure, yeah, it's just easy. Ty the Dog Guy, T-Y-T-H-E-D-O-G-G-U-Y.com. I do have a lot of free stuff. I have a lot of, like, uh, you know, that'll connect you to our YouTube channel, our Facebook page. We do put out a lot of free content. We've got a lot of articles and stuff on there. Um, uh, but, yeah, you know, for people that are looking... Uh, to get more help with their dog, we've got programs for people in Utah and then people all over the country. We do Skype training and, and we help people all over the, well, all over the world, really. So, so yeah. Cool. Any other questions, Drew? No. I think maybe I'll give you a call about training uh, Bernie, the old lab. You can follow her on Instagram, Bernie the Lab. B-E-R-N-I-E. <laughs> B-E-R-N-I-E. -E. Is that what I said? T-H-E-L-A-B. Is that political? Is she known as Bernie Sanders? No. Everyone thinks she's a guy, but she's a girl. <laughs> So we might have misnamed her. Yeah, Bernie. 
Full name's Bernice. Oh, I see. Yeah, Bernie the Lab. You know, we're killing it with our followers. We're over 100 now. Whoa. <laughs> Slow down. Yeah, so I was just going to say, that. yeah, Bernie the Lab, definitely follow her. You can follow Ty's Instagram account, Ty the Dog Guy. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty simple. Um, I'll, of course, follow us at the Peculiar PPL. Um, and I think that's it. Awesome. It's been a lot of fun. Is there any other thing that you wanted to say that you weren't able to say yet? No, I just all I have is stories. They yeah. were great stories. Seriously, yeah. I told you. I told you a handful of good ones. Yeah, I I'll like... save some others for another episode. Well, hopefully, yeah. What we've been doing too is uh, having guests come back on when we t- want to talk about something that they're experts in. Oh, cool. So we'll definitely have you back on soon. Cool. Um, but thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, definitely go follow Bernie the Lab right after this. You know, you're gonna get a <laughs> real big spike. Could use some more followers. Drew's putting out lots of free content. And, uh, you know, leave us. We talk a lot about reviews. Please go review our podcast. Thanks for everybody that has. We have five stars on Apple Podcasts right now. So uh, I feel like someone's going to go leave a one-star review after I said that. But (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this has been another episode of the Peculiar People Podcast. Peace. Are you a peculiar person or know a peculiar person whose story we should share? Check us out at www.thepeculiarppl.com to share your stories. Also, while you're there, be sure to check out the latest articles, blog posts, podcasts, and news from the foyer. And let us know what you think. You can also find us on Instagram at The Peculiar PPL, same handle for Twitter, the Facebook page Peculiar People, as well as YouTube.